everybody, and welcome to the Above the Fray podcast, episode number nine. My name is David White, and I am here with Rosie White. Rosie Wife. Rosie Wife. Ah. <laughs> Rosie White, uh, who is my wife. And we want to just. That's pretty good. You should do that every time. Rosie Wife, right? Uh, and we want to uh, just welcome you to our show. Thank you for checking this out. If this is your first time here, welcome. We hope that you enjoy this episode. This is podcast number nine for us, which is exciting. We're getting there, starting to put some more uh, podcasts together here, which is exciting. But um, today we're going to be talking about worship and uh, family worship, to be and, exact. And yeah, family worship, to be exact. And maybe not, if you don't have children, maybe this is just for you and your spouse, but really going to be talking about family worship today. But before we do that... It could I, even be extended family. It could be extended family, yeah. too. You're absolutely whoever, right. Whoever you surround yourself with, worship together. Absolutely. So before we do that, though, if you're new to us especially, we like to talk about what we mean by living above the fray. And we do that by simply defining in our mind, what the fray is. And so this is how we define the fray. The fray is the muck and stress induced by unfair expectations, coupled with unnecessary drama, imposed by unrealistic demands that make us ineffective and ruins our joy, our peace, and our happiness. The fray has one goal. And that one goal is this, the destruction of the life God intends for us, the family that God desires for us. The fray adds weight, taking away the ability to live freely and lightly. Now, as we are looking at this topic today of family worship, or just worship, this came about actually through something that happened on Sunday night which was a fairly regular occurrence at our house. We were actually going to be talking about something different this week. But as it happened, we were gathered around the dinner table, and our daughter Soli came over with her husband Andre and our grandson Carlos, and they were enjoying supper with us. And at the end of supper, Mama said, Rosie says, uh, Hey, Andre, pull out that guitar and play us some worship music. Lead us in some worship music. And if you didn't know, Andre is a worship leader at a church, uh, actually at the church we go to, Risen City Church. And he's extremely gifted and talented uh, at playing the guitar and singing and leading worship. And our daughter, Soli, is also really gifted at it. Uh, singing and leading worship. And we love to sing. We love to gather around the table. So what ensued was probably 45 minutes to an hour of just singing praise to the Lord. And it was just a kind of a magical time for us as it is when these things occur. Mm-hmm. You know what, David, I have to say that when, because David usually, if for you guys who don't know, David, you will usually put together the questions yes. for the podcast. And when I saw the topic of family worship, I, I'm like, 
how on earth does that relate to living above the fray? But it got me to thinking, you know, we, I grew up doing this all the time with my family, Mm -hmm. family, you know, we did family worship together. Mm -hmm. And I guess, I guess in a way, sometimes you do these things together and you don't really realize the impact that Mm -hmm. they're having on you. And uh, I remember we used to, because we used to go to summer camp all the time and we would make these wall paintings and it said the family that prays together stays together and there is a connection though to worship and praying together as a family and so I really appreciate you David bringing this out and just bringing it back to my memory because in my mind it was just like I Sunday night I felt like we needed to do it but Mm -hmm. I wasn't really thinking through Oh wow! Yes, this is a this is a worthwhile activity, you know, as far as you know, a lifestyle that we need to be striving towards. So anyway, I just I just thank you for that. Mm, it's my pleasure. So we're going to talk about how worship helps us to live above this fray, the muck and the mire. How in the world does that? But first of all, let's talk about worship because I think there's some I think there's some ideas about worship that aren't necessarily uh, wrong. I just don't think they encompass what worship really Completely. is. Completely, right? So let's the first question is, and again, if you're new, we ask five questions and we answer five questions. So it's pretty straightforward. The first question is What do we mean by worship? Because I think a lot of people simply think about worship as singing. Singing, yes. Right? And there's an element of that. Like Sunday night, there was singing going on. Mm -hmm. But that's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to worship. Rosie, what does Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 say? Some of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So as you begin to hear that, you hear those verses where it talks about offering our bodies as living sacrifices, which is our, our true act of worship. That's, the, that's really where worship mm-hmm. begins is by giving our all to Jesus, by giving our all to God. So that's where it starts. So then the question I would have for you who are listening is, have you done that? Have you given your all to Jesus? Do you give your all to Jesus every day? Do you wake up in the morning and say, Jesus, my act of worship right now is that I'm giving you my life again. Mm. Over and over again, every day I'm going to just give him a life to following you. That's where living above the fray begins, Mm -hmm. as you and I commit our lives to Jesus as an act of worship. That's right. The other thing that we also know about worship is that it encompasses more again than singing, but we know it's also found in different things that we do. Reading the Bible, reading God's Word is an act of worship. Listening to the Word of God uh, through sermons. 
doing devotional times where we're learning more about God, spending time in prayer. Those are all part of worship Mm -hmm. that really makes it whole for us. And it makes it come alive and it makes it deep. I'm going to read this quote that we have from Richard Foster, which is a very good one. It says, worship is our response to the overtures of love from the heart of the Father. As worship begins in holy expectancy, it ends in holy obedience. Holy obedience saves worship from becoming an opiate, an escape from the pressing needs of modern life. That's so powerful to know that as we worship God, as we worship God as a family, as individuals, you and I are worshiping this holy God, then guess what? It takes on a whole new meaning, and it drives our obedience, and it drives us away from getting involved in the muck of the fray, Mm -hmm. the junk that keeps us down and holds us back in our relationship with Jesus, and it transforms, it takes it to a whole nother level. C.S. Lewis says this about worship, says, we are not bodies with souls, but rather souls with bodies. Our problem is not that we desire too much, but that we desire too little. Our appetites are not too big. They are too small. They're too small for the presence of God. They're too small to spend time worshiping Him. It's like we just want to just dash in and out of the presence of God. We want to dash in and out of the Word, dash in and out of singing praise to His name. Uh, and that's a lot of that too is is really a first world issue or or problem in that you know you go to a third world co- culture or to different cultures within the United States and you know those church services will last two and three hours mm-hmm. they'll last all day maybe you'll have a break and grab something to eat but they'll keep on going all day here it's like you know. That hour comes, it's a hard stop. We got to get to the buffet. We got to rush out the door. And a lot of times that happens too. And I'm saying this from our own experience as a family. That happens a lot of times too when it comes to us spending time in family worship. It's just, it takes time. It takes time. And and we don't, we're just so quick to be, you know, go do other things. Mm -hmm. We're tired. We've got other things on our plate that we have to get done. And for us to stop and to spend that time as a family or as a couple worshiping the Lord, man, that just takes second second seat or third seat or fourth seat in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And let me just say this real quick. This is a little plug on our um, Instagram page and now our Facebook page, too, Above the Fray Facebook page. We're actually going to uh, post a few clips from Sunday Night Worship and you get to see our house, and it's not clean. <laughs> you get to see uh, there's still condiments on the table, and hair's looking crazy. But we just want you to see that this is the real deal. This is not just, hey, let's put this polished thing out there, but we want you to see the heart of it. So, Rosie, what, what's that second question that we have? The first question was, what is worship? second question is, why is worship so important to living above the fray? So... Worship is not about what we get out of it. And we, we want we want to make that very clear. Mm-hmm. I don't worship God 
so that God can honor me, Mm -hmm. so that God can give me. It's not like I'm playing this, you know, this game with God, this bartering with God. God, I'm going to worship you, and then you're just going to bless me. But we also know that there are some natural and supernatural benefits that occur. So, Rosie, what are some of those things that occur when you and I worship God? When we worship God, it puts our focus where it needs to be, on God, on Christ. And then it takes, honestly, it takes, like you were saying, it takes time and it takes practice to train our minds when when it comes time to worship. So, but focusing on God helps us see life with more clarity. It helps us see God with more clarity. It takes us to the place where we be we can be free and yeah. live lightly. It gets us out of the muck that we've been talking about. Yeah, it does. I mean, you think about taking all those cares that you have that mm. you've carried all day long, and then you spend time together in worship as a family. Or think about your kids. Your kids come home, and they've had a rotten day at school. Mm-hmm. For you to enter into the presence of God as a family is just what your family needs, whether you realize or not at mm. that moment. And we can try and fix it with our good thoughts and and positive vibes. We can try and fix it with, you know, quotes or trying to do these things for our children. But the the A bowl of ice cream. A bowl of ice cream, which, by the way, bowls of ice cream are always good. Just note to self. But what's even better is if we can focus our attention on God. We focus on Him and His Word and His will. The second thing outside of the focus is um, living above the fray helps us to learn to listen and hear God. When we worship Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Worship. Yeah, that's, that's something that helps us to just really keep our spiritual ears and eyes mm-hmm. open as we worship Him. Yeah. It, we can, our minds are quiet to all the other noises, and then we can hear God. He, you know, He speaks to us. Mm-hmm. What is he saying? Well, that we need to pull away and, you know, worship. You can be in a crowd of people. You can be with your family and worship and just be you and God. That's just, I don't know. There's something about God. He blesses us. When mm-hmm. we uh, learn and yearn for him, he shows us more and more of himself. Right. And the thing I think of is in my life or in your life, Do we have these times, and I'm going to use this word again, if you hear us in this podcast say this once, you've heard us say this a million times, the word intentionality comes to mind, Mm -hmm. where you and I intentionally stop, we intentionally pause, and we get our family to stop and to pause. We unplug from electronics. We unplug from whatever else we were in and we just stop and together as a family or together as a couple, we stop and listen to God. We stop and pray. We stop and listen. And that part, the stopping mm-hmm. is so important. This is this is kind of this is the reason why. This is why God created us. Yeah. This is and the reason. I, I this is like, what other thing is more important? Right, exactly. 
you know. Yeah, and this is it. And not only that, but you and I are modeling this for our kids. If you have a spouse that this is sort of new, uh, new to you know the Christian faith, or maybe they're not as far along as as you are in their Christian faith too. This is a great modeling tool for them to see you doing this, to see you leading them in this time of worship. So there's a third thing too that we see, a third benefit, and that is that it helps us to grow in Him. It helps us to grow together in Him, meaning growing together in God. We're spending that time, we're reading the Bible, so we're learning, we're praying, we're singing songs of worship to God, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden we begin to grow in Him together. Yeah, I, I do. I do remember. You know, one of the benefits also of worshiping together um, as a family, wherever you're at, at home, outside of like a, a church setting, is it teaches us to take Christ wherever we go. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if we just leave it for the church building, mm-hmm. it, we begin to segment our lives. We do. And yeah. our, and but I love the fact that we can do we can sing praises and worship and dance and you know just lift up the name of the Lord in our homes. You know, and it just kind of it's like feel it's like it's it's I don't know, it's just a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. And I know that one of the things I love is when we do get into the Word, which we try to do that daily, but it doesn't happen every day. When we do open up the Bible, is hearing our kids articulate their faith. Asking them what they think about the passage that we're reading. And it's amazing, especially our older ones, to see their processing. It's so amazing to see how they get it. You know, when our oldest daughter Hannah was in the house and Soli, and we'd have these conversations, it was just great to hear their feedback. And now with Josu and Talia, our next two oldest in line, Mm -hmm. just to hear their insight and what the Lord is doing in their life, you can hear that as we talk about the Word. Mm -hmm. And that is such a, it's just incredible, you guys. So incredible. I love what C.S. Lewis says. He says, it is in the process of being worshipped that God communicates His presence to men. As we are worshiping Him, His presence is going to be known. And that's such a great benefit for us, as well as for our children. Mm -hmm. So, Rosie, the third question is this, and a lot of people, you know, being somebody who is in ministry for a while, I would get this question a lot, especially from youth, um, and is why is it important to attend corporate worship services? And we know there's several reasons, and so we're going to give you a few reasons if you're struggling with that, right? Uh, maybe even right now, you are, you know, prior to COVID, you were in church every week, you were locked in, but now you've gotten used to doing worship online. You kind of like doing it in your jammies and in a recliner, yeah. <laughs> you know, eating a bowl of cereal or whatever. Maybe you've gotten used to it, but why is it important, Rosie? The number number one reason that comes to my mind is that 
God said to do it. He did, didn't he? He said to do it. And I'm going to read these verses from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And they read, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, comma, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So the benefit of gathering together in worship is being being able to spur one another towards love, good deeds, and encouraging one another. It's easier to do that together than at home, maybe watching TV on a phone, (laughs) text it out. And I think that we should have a desire to Mm -hmm. meet with other believers. You know, there are no lone rangers in Christianity, there shouldn't be. You should want to fellowship with other believers. Now, I will also say this. Some people listening to this may have been hurt at church. You may have been hurt by other believers. But let me tell you that that's not all believers. We know that the church isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's made up of imperfect people. Right. Amen. But hopefully, we are all in the process of trying to become more like Jesus. So let me really encourage you. If you have gotten out of the habit, or even if you're that in that boat where you've been hurt, really make it a point to get back into corporate worship, especially as things start to open back up. You get out there and you begin to really um, encourage your fellow believers by just being there. The second thing is we know this is that it's important to go and and learn to be taught to listen to good preaching, hearing the word of God, and learning more about the Bible is part of worship. Mm-hmm. And you can do a lot of things online on YouTube. You can Google a lot of things. You can Google it. You can Google it. But it makes such a difference when you're sitting under the teaching of a biblically sound pastor. Maybe you're involved in a Bible study that's biblically sound. That is so important. Uh, It's also important for us and our children to be in fellowship with other believers socially and spiritually. Mm -hmm. This is a great way for your kids to see the importance of church, that going to church is a priority for our family, period. Yes, It's non-negotiable, right? I hear so many parents that say, well, when my kid got into middle school, I gave them the option. Stop it. That's a lie from the devil. That's fray thinking. That's the devil saying, hey, your kid will figure it out. Yeah, they'll be okay. They'll figure out one day. They'll right the ship one day. And I'm telling you, that is just false thinking. Get your kids to church. Let them know it's such a priority. Do it, do it, do it. The next one is iron sharpens iron. So what does that mean? That means we grow together. Right. You you can encourage one another. You can model. Other person can see that and learn from you. And it's all a part of that. Um, You know, you talk about being a ship. You know, mm-hmm. you're working together towards a goal. And so iron sharpening iron, we're becoming better together. 
we are. And that can happen through listening to the word, of course. That can happen through a lot of things. And it can also happen through having an accountability partner, mm-hmm. being in a small group Bible study. And another thing that we know is this, and this will be the last one we'll land on for this question, is that a lot of times we go to church to get. Mm-hmm. We go there to take in, take in the worship band, the worship music. We take in the message. But this is a great way for you and I to utilize the gifts that God's given us. And we do that through the avenue of corporate worship. That's how we do that. Through things like teaching, hospitality, encouraging. And there's so many other things you can do. And as you're doing these things too, again, you're modeling these things for your children. Yeah, I think... I I believe that everybody has been given a gift that mm-hmm. they can use somehow mm-hmm. in a corporate worship setting. Not I mean not necessarily in a worship service, but that can be used in the church body. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it may take a little bit of creativity for you to be able to use it, but I believe that you know, if we're asking God, Lord, how can you use me in this body in this church family, he will show it to you. And so. one of the, you know one of the things we've talked about in the past on this podcast is that you know sometimes church can be one of those things that the devil can use because we are so involved in church that we forget about our marriage, we forget about our kids. But I will stop and say this right here that if you are involved in church activities, it typically helps you to focus more on God hopefully, mm-hmm. more on serving God and worshiping Him and helps to transform our mind mm-hmm. or our minds to get us out of the fray. Yeah. So we've got two more questions, and this is where we want to help give you some things that will hopefully help you out in your marriage or with your children. So we're going to do real practical. These are some things that we do in our marriage that help us to stay above the fray. These are some things we do for worship. So, Rosie, what are some things that you and I do in our marriage uh, as it relates to worship? We pray together. We pray together often in the mornings mm-hmm. um, before before we you know get started with our day. We pray together with the kids. We do devotions together. We attend worship services together. We also will do retreats every once in a while together just to grow together so that we are, you know, solid as, you know, growing in Christ together and solid in that relationship, you know. Mm -hmm. So it kind of helps with that. One of the things I would just say as an encouragement Maybe you're listening to this and you're single. Maybe you're um, a single mom, a single dad, and you're listening to this. Or you have kids that are starting to date. Let me just strongly encourage you that if you are in the dating game right now, mm-hmm. that if prayer and being able to read the Bible together is really awkward and uncomfortable for you 
or the person that you're interested in. Then do more of it. Either do more of it, or that might be the litmus test of somebody that you don't need to be in a relationship with. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things that was a hallmark for Rosie and I when we were dating, as we prayed all the time. We prayed all the time together. We read the Bible together while we were dating. Mm-hmm. Right now is when you need to start setting up those kind of things in your relationship so that they be, they're just natural. So that when you are in your marriage and you're, you know, 5, 10, 20 years down the road and it's awkward and uncomfortable for you to pray together or mm-hmm. to pray with your kids, that is so important. If you have kids that are dating, be bold and ask them, Did you pray before your date? Did you pray for your meal? Mm -hmm. Are you going to church together? Are you praying together? That is so important, you guys, because that right there will set a precedent for their dating relationship and eventually their marriage and eventually with their kids. It is so important that we do And eventually with their grandkids. And eventually with their grandkids. Absolutely. So um, the last question we have is this, as we get ready to wrap it up. What do you and I, Rosie, what do we do in our own home for family worship? And we've already talked about some of these, but we're going to... It's kind of the same thing that we do together. Right. We we do nightly prayer and devotions. Mm Mm-hmm. We do spontaneous spontaneous times of worship. Mm-hmm. And let's say that the nightly prayer we do every night. Mm-hmm. The family Devo, I would say we probably do four times a week, five or six. Hashtag goals nightly, but sometimes right. the day just gets away or people are so scattered. Right. So I'll give but. you just a quick example because, you know, a lot of times people hear us talk and they think, oh, you guys, you guys live in some little Pollyanna world. But even tonight, we have one of our kids that works until 8.30 tonight. We have another uh, kid that won't be home until probably almost 9.30 or 10 o'clock. Yeah. And we have a seven-year-old and a two-year-old. So for us, tonight might be a night where we simply just pray together. No, we can't do devotions with just them. No, we can't. Yes, we can. Oh no, we can. We can. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but we can't. No, but it's so it's so so some of the things. Sometimes we forget how that since they're not all here, mm-hmm. we can tweak it. But you know, it's just sometimes it's like we're waiting for everybody to get home before long. We're just dog tired, and it's like, oh, let's just pray and then yeah. send them to bed. But absolutely. So we have nightly prayer. Almost nightly devos, devos, right? Where we just simply pick up the Bible and and we try to go through a book, usually in the Old Test or New Testament. Sometimes we'll do something from the Old Testament too. Uh, so like right now we're in First Timothy, and we're just taking a little bit of a chunk and we just read it and we talk about it. Mm-hmm. And once we're done exhausting talking about it, then we pray. We also do planned times of worship, like family communion, like um, Good Friday. We will usually do a communion. Mm -hmm. Um, The Passion of the Christ, we'll watch that movie. 
sometimes and then on Christmas Day, family worship. And um, we've been talking a lot about late, lately about just doing something, maybe maybe even once a month, get, getting to not just the people in our home, but other extended family, just mm-hmm. getting together and just doing worship just because it's such, you know, how we're talking about sometimes on a Sunday morning or it, you just feel you you just have a small window and you mm-hmm. want to you want more mm-hmm. you know you don't want to have an extended time where there is no time frame you and so um i think we're going to end up doing something i think we are absolutely yeah. so another thing we do is we try to create an atmosphere of worship throughout the week and so what does that mean well we like to play worship music mm-hmm. on the I, uh, you know, and just let it blast, and people are walking through the house singing, and mm-hmm. you know, adding some, adding a few notes and chords and mm-hmm. trios here and there. It's fun. It is fun. It, there's also the idea of keeping a pulse on our the at attitudes that are going on in our house all the time, mm-hmm. and correcting sometimes gently, sometimes not so gently correcting attitudes that might be there that have come about you know and just really gently correcting that to help bring about that change of of attitude because as you know that can be a cancer and next thing you know everybody in the house is in this fray of bad mood bad attitude but if we can correct that right away then all of a sudden we can change that and begin to focus more on the lord and worshiping him. Mm-hmm. The last one is talking about the Lord, the worship service, youth group messages, or whenever, you know, whenever there's an opportunity to, you know, apply the word to just some of our everyday experiences. That's what we like to do. That's what we like to do. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, that reminds me of that, that verse in Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. That's your favorite verse. That's one of my favorite verses. Is yeah. the I think they call it the Shama. The Shama. The Shama. I think you like to say the word yes. the Shama, right? You know, it's it's the verse. I'm gonna butcher it, people, but it says, "Talk about the Lord. Talk about these principles and commands of minds when you sit at the table, when you walk along the road, when you're lying in bed, when and it says, hang them on your, put them on your doorpost." On your forehead, write them on your forehead. Just infuse it everywhere. You should. That's right. You should definitely. So we're gonna wrap up. I have a verse I want to read to you, and then and then a quote. So Proverbs twenty two six, so famous. You can probably quote it in your sleep anytime. You can quote this. It says, "Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it." That's from the KJV. But the message version, not version, paraphrase, says, point your kids in the right direction. When they're old, they won't be lost. That's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We're doing that with our marriage, too. We're pointing our marriage in the right direction so it doesn't get lost. We're pointing our lives in the right direction. We do that through worshiping the Lord. So, Jonathan Edwards says this, says, every Christian family ought to be, as it were, a little church. Your family, if you're just a couple, just the two of you, should be as if you were a little church. Mm -hmm. If you have kids, they're part of your church, and we should treat it as such. And worship is the main 
thing, the main point of why we're here. It's the main point of why church exists. So I think that's all we got for today. And as we get ready to wrap up, there's a couple things we want to mention to you. First of all, if you like uh, this podcast, which we hope you do, we hope that you will share it with people around you. And make sure that you check out our Instagram page and now our new Above the Fray Facebook page. We put extra content on there. So, for example, we mentioned we're going to put our worship uh, clips on there from Sunday night. I also some different verses on there just as an encouragement to you. Some of the quotes that you've heard, I'll also put on there as well. And then from time to time, Rosie and I will pop on there and give you kind of a midweek encouragement or a weekend encouragement. So we just try and keep it fresh and try to keep you in the loop. Now, there's something that is coming up very soon that is near and dear to our hearts. And we're actually going to spend a podcast on this. And that is that March 21st, which is a Sunday, Sunday, March 21st, is World Down Syndrome Awareness Day. And we're going to be talking about what it's like to have a special needs child, what it was like finding out that we had, um, we were having a special needs child or we had one special needs child. And we're going to be doing that. We're going to be encouraging y'all to participate with us. Uh, one of the things that they do for World Down Syndrome Day is they encourage you to wear silly socks. So March 21st, start busting out some crazy silly socks. We're going to encourage you to post those to our Instagram page so we can see you rocking those crazy silly socks. And uh, if you're wondering March 21st, why March 21st? Because the uh, scientific name for Down Syndrome is Trisomy 21 or we're doing March 21st. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we hope that you guys will check it out. That'll be coming up in the next week or so. We're going to be posting that podcast. We hope to see your silly socks on March 21st. Check it out. Check out the other content on our social media pages. And with that, I think that's about all I've got. Rose, anything else from you? No, that's it. That's it. All right, guys. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks we love listening. you guys. God bless you. And have an awesome, awesome week.